Hello and welcome to Cars and Health Bars. On today's episode, we'll be interviewing Tyler. He is a Ford technician, Mustang owner, and a mutual friend of mine and Jordan's. Let's get right into it. Hey Tyler, did you hit any uh, crowds on your way home today? No, no. I didn't drive the Stang today. Oh yeah, a little too nice out, huh? Yeah, I figured that uh, the ground wasn't wet enough for me to slide. Oh man, I was—I felt like I was risking it driving my car this morning because it was still raining a little bit. But I knew I was like, man, it's gonna be so nice this afternoon. I can't miss out on that. Man, I rode my—I rode my motorcycle today. Yeah, Jordan, I hear you. Like, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, Jordan drives his car in literally the worst weather possible. I'm fine. Not daily, my mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear it in the back of your head. Do it for Dale, <laughs> dude. I'm just always hitting the mean lakes around town. Oh my Lumber god! Up in it. Chop, chop, chop. Uh. Tyler, what's some what's some weird stuff that what's some weird Ford stories you've got? And Jordan, I know you can probably you probably are in a few of them. Um, man, there are so many to count. I can't even I can't even think of them. I know just in today, people do not pay attention to maintenance on their vehicles. This guy comes in and he says my truck has no heat. Mind you, it's eighty degrees out. Why do you need heat? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I pop the hood, and it is completely out of coolant. I'm like, okay. His other concern is got a check engine light on. I check check engine light, and it is a cylinder head over temp code. So this <laughs> truck is overheated, and he paid no attention to it. Yeah, it's probably a flash to check engine light. <laughs> Dude, so... I just go through this truck and I put coolant in it and I start seeing the coolant piss out of the exhaust. Legit. I'm like, oh, oh you go um, milky, milky milkshake. <laughs> this guy says, yeah, I smelt a burning smell out of the exhaust. I'm like, oh, oh okay. After I put the coolant in it, there started white smoking surprisingly it is not a head gasket just head warpage nope it blew it it blew a turtle a turbo internally <laughs> you know honestly i can see that dude i was so shocked i mean the turbos be getting hot so man i was for sure thinking that i was about to have to pull the cab off that truck and go ahead and do it yeah but screw and... those uh cooler lines on those eco boost trucks Going to the back of the head, you can't get back um, there. Surprisingly, it was a two seven truck. Oh, you lucky mofo! Yeah, no joke. I just did a turbo on a three five truck um, two, two days ago. Yeah, I hated doing them. What's some of, like the hardest hardest uh, things to get to on particular Fords that you you typically see? Well, I can tell you on a Mustang, it's the top two bell housing bolts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I could I see imagine that. pulling heads off in a Mustang is a bitch. Um, you know, honestly, people have been doing with Mustangs what you do with vets and just doing a, a 
cradle so, drop. Yeah. Yeah. I was contemplating doing it on this Camaro I was working on. If you're doing an engine on a Mustang and you have access to a lift, honestly, your best bet is just to do a whole drivetrain swap or a drivetrain drop, and it is so simple. That's anything, man. You can do a cradle drop if you're doing an engine. It's going to help. Yeah, you really inspect yeah. everything, too. Make sure everything else is all right. You know, never know. Normal wear and tear. Yep. For sure. Oh. So what's it but like yeah, being but... what's it like being a Mustang boy? We gotta know, you know, Jordan got real close to getting a Mustang. Luckily he didn't go that direction. I got my Camaro boy. What's it like being being the Mustang guy in the group? Well, you know, <laughs> you play the risky game a lot, especially when you're trying to uh, you know, keep up with pork on and top in. Because I'll be honest with you, y'all pull on me top in twenty four seven. Of course, basic bolt-on and tune car, y'all cammed and everything else. Every time, if I, what helps me out is my gearing. Like I can jump on Jordan from, like we do a forty roll or something like that. I get to jump on Jordan, but as soon as we get above like, as soon as we get above like a hundred, he starts pulling on me, pretty yeah. hard. He lucky he ain't ran no one LEs yet. <laughs> oh my god order yeah. gear ratio and the trans and the 391s eat your lunch and dinner too yeah and plus me being a stick shift guy you know i know the autos are faster before anybody says anything but i beat my mt82 like a redheaded stepchild <laughs> i mean let's just be honest here flat foot shifts all day them synchros are fun what do you have in your Maybe. car, Tyler, for everybody that don't don't know you? Mine is a 2017 Performance Pack Mustang GT with the MT82. It's just a basic bolt-on and tuned car. From, it's tuned by Palm Beach Dino on E85. And um, honestly, just a couple supporting mods for later on power, like a clutch, axle, stuff like that. It's got S&P long tube cadet headers and yep. Flowmaster X pipe and a straight pipe. Man, I, that bitch line as hell. I know Jordan hating on these straight pipe guys, but the Coyotes sound pretty clean, in my opinion. I'm good. They sound yeah. better than your car. Hey, <laughs> my car is extremely, extremely loud. Yo, yo cold starts make me just want to wring my head into a bell. <laughs> 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 my car sounds sounds a little weird at cold start for sure but dude whenever i i was just sitting there in the parking lot like uh, getting my music going before i left and you know after it started to heat up a little bit and it just started hitting that lick that just knocks oh, you I'm side not... to side <laughs> yes sir whole car shaking god dude just everybody looking at you in traffic i'm like yep i'm that guy hitting that devious lick out here man yes, that sir. is one thing about coyotes that I love the Coyote platform. I really do. It is a very great, it's a great engine, especially daily driving. I mean, I'm, I've got enough power to get me where I want to go and I still get 20 plus mile to gallon. Like yeah, right now I'm getting 13 on E85. Yeah, that's insane. Now. That's insane. You're getting that much fuel mileage on E85, dude. That is, that's ridiculous. So, 
I can get three more miles per gallon if I switch over to 93. <laughs> you make me afraid or, to switch over to E85, and I'm pretty sure that's the next big thing that I'm going to do is probably go to I E85. God, dude, that's to crazy. be honest, even with the fuel mileage drop, it's worth it. If you do highway, I don't. My mileage highway is probably like 13, 14 with E. But I'm never on highway. Dude, I drive 50 miles one way, dude. I'd have to fuel up every day. No, it'd probably be like every three days because I remember when we went to, well, where he used to work, which was about the same, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that took me a quarter tank. God. I'm not too far from where you live, and I fill up every, I usually don't let my car get below a quarter of a tank, so I'll fill up every two days, but I can I can make it farther if I really wanted to push it. I don't really have good perspective because I don't daily my Camaro, but my truck, dude, that thing, I'll use a quarter driving to work. So it's like, I'll use close to half a tank just to get to work and back. I have to fill that truck up like every two, two and a half days. It's crazy, dude. And that thing can't, that thing's got flex fuel. So I put a 85 in it. I, I would not dare do that, dude. I probably wouldn't make it between <laughs> gas stations. <laughs> You may get to the next one. run anywhere but a gas station. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> or, much. Or pass, or it'll pass anything but a gas station. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. God, dude, if I ever had to drive that thing like somewhere far like Nashville or Louisville, dude, I'd have to like stop everywhere. Bro, I, I'm telling you, if you go on E85, there's this app that you can get, and it's actually a gas station finder for E85, so... If I'm on E85 and I'm going on a long trip, I will legit plan my gas station stops. Yeah, Jordan was telling me about that. I'm like, dang, that's cool. I, I never would have thought about that. That's got to be handy, like, for these race week guys and people like that that, you know, are not nearby home and they're having to stop and constantly get fuel. Yeah, and it's like, I I was just curious one day and just typed it into the uh, app store and I found it. I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. Worth worst that could happen is it'd be junk but dude it's really helped yeah I, I i typically ask most of our uh guests this would you ever do a drag and drive event if there was everyone close by like you know that hit like you know bowl you know hit uh beach bend and maybe like e-town and a couple other surrounding drag strips oh yeah all day man that sounds like day. so much fun i just wish there was one closer because I ain't, I ain't trying to drive to florida or to the rockies just to do a race week yeah that's me too i wish that i wish the car scene here where we're at in kentucky just grew a little bit better you would think that we'd have a bigger car scene due to the fact that the corvettes made you know yeah Yeah. lexington i think is about where we are maybe a little bit bigger because they've got a big raceway really close by they're always doing cash days over there at their uh their drag strip or whatever they have set up so between us and lexington if we could just like come together as a whole i think we could show like whoever sets up these race weeks that it would be worth setting up something because like i said we you know those guys that do race weeks they drive like from one state to the next it wouldn't be nothing for us to get a group together uh, you know race at beach bend and i'm sure there's a raceway between here and lexington and then go to the hit the lexington guys track i think it'd be something we could set up and that's kind of what i want to poke at by asking each guest hey would you do this so maybe i can bring some attention to it because man i would love that if it was in our area dude that would be awesome and uh like i said i'd be down 
and I know multiple other people that would be down too. Yeah, you know, maybe even go up to Indy because I know Indy's got a really nice raceway, Lucas Oil Raceway. That one is. Oh nice. yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, going back on the whole uh, coyote topic, you know, I I kind of I didn't really look much into the coyotes. I was just your typical guy that just made fun of them, ha ha, Ford, you know, broke broke down on road. But uh, I I watch uh, Cletus McFarland a lot on YouTube, and he got that uh, that F one fifty, not the one that your buddy sold him, but the one before it was just a bone stock coyote with a whipple on it, dude. That thing made like a hundred horse. That is insane, man. That's not even like really pushing it. That's easy. That, yeah, I know. That's what that's what uh, Cletus said too. He's like, that's I think that might even be on been on a, a bigger pulley. But uh, yeah, he was like, man, that's I'm trying I'm trying my hardest to turn it down because you know I don't want to give one of my fans that you know possibly don't have very much experience driving you know a truck that's making 800 horsepower he's like i'm trying to turn it down but that's just where it's at yeah. and i'm like dude that is crazy out the box yeah, like stock so coyote with a whipple with, uh, coyote like, dude, coyotes make reliable power under boost with minimum mods and it is insane that's why i love the platform for yeah, so they much. respond that's, better to boost than the ltls i think well, I mean, with the Coyote, a lot of people don't know, but Gen 2 up Coyotes have forged bottom in other than Pistons. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Forged... Pistons are really important and boost. Yeah. yeah, but I know. But I get why they didn't right? do it because, I mean, GM doesn't do it unless it's a LT4, which is the equivalent of the GT500, 5.0, or 5.2, whatever it is. Oh, I yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. On the topic of Ford platforms, what do you what do you think about the uh, Godzilla? Have you looked very much into it? Dealt with those any yet? I I like the only thing that we've had any issue really out of in the seven three is lifter. You have a typical occasional. You have one that comes in with lifter failure. Yeah, which I mean that's going to be normal with your push rod engines i mean ulus boys know about that with yeah, your life hemi boys too. <laughs> yeah dude them hemi boys sound like type <laughs> hemi riders boys know it worse than the ls guys dude they know it bad dude, after that oh, one i pulled a part that came from factory with two fucking retainers for the lifter i'm like yeah they just don't even pay attention there i guess <laughs> like engineers don't know nothing <laughs> oh no not at all but on the topic of the 7.3 it honestly i think when there's more aftermarket support for it that's going to be a great platform which the aftermarket support is coming it's coming through yeah the, seven three, really the people in. that designed yeah the people that designed seven three uh as soon as it came out the engineers were already putting it in a fox body oh yeah well that's that's like i said cletus he's got uh he put one inside of a fox body with uh i can't remember if it's twin i think it was twin turbo like stock bottom end he had some like i said some text speed prototype parts as far as i think he might have had text speed heads and a few other small things yeah they do have heads now for it dude that car went like uh i want to say a, a 840 or something 840 or a 8, 860 on 16 pounds of boost dude like ended up uh bending a rod yeah, like it, it ended dude, up. Built one, it oh yeah, dude. He he just bought new rods for it. That thing's gonna be able to handle sixteen, no problem now. Like yeah, that thing oh, would yeah. be going like seven, so it wouldn't. Oh yeah, dude. He was like, dude, this car just killed like three months of content for me. Going ahead and you know out the box running eight forties, like <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. dude. 
that's like we were talking last time about these these out the box motors that are just already cranking out these crazy numbers. Thirty two. Uh, any LT with a, any type of boost. I mean, hardly. I mean, uh, even an NALT is putting out six hundred like no problem. Oh yeah, and honestly, Ford has been stepping up their game with a lot of their newer like V8 engines, like the Gen 4 Coyote coming out. I, I feel like yeah, that's going to be sure. a wicked motor. Do we know anything about like internals on them? Um, I'm not 100% sure yet. I haven't really. It'd be cool to know if they actually get a forged piston or not. I'm curious on that too. Which 500 horsepower out the box? That's gonna be. That's kind of. That's impressive out of an NA car. Just thinking of the tuning potential on it. Especially for that much displacement. I mean, that's a real good horsepower to cylinder. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would say the NA cars they're they're starting to get a little bit more pushed aside because of all the you know applications with the blower and the turbo like and the pro charger too. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about the GT five hundred all day. I think the new one. Oh yeah. Oh my god, the GT five hundred. Well, that's another topic. Yeah, dude. What you got on it, Tyler? Man, that thing is amazing. I've. I'm a stick shift guy at heart, and I always love stick shift. But I'm telling you, if somebody was like, you cannot drive a stick shift for the rest of your life, but I will give you this GT500 with the DSG in it, I will take it. That dual clutch, oh my God. I haven't I seen anything about this car yet. Oh, dude, they are stupid. With like full bolt-on Z85, you're making like 900, and it makes 700 factory. You're picking up 200 off some basic mods. Jeez. Man, Palm Beach Dino has one, and it's running. What was it running, Jordan? I can't remember. It was like an 860. It was stupid, dude. It was packing the front wheels from with basic bolt-on parts, man, and a tire. It was like, just like... People saying like cars are dead. Nah, dude. I mean, even performance look, is. Look at the Copo. I don't even know what it's ran yet since it's been out, dude. Like that car is gonna be. Yeah, six thirty two. That thing, thousand horsepower out the box. I mean, God forbid you put a bigger cam in it or something. You know, I mean. Demon had so the I, had the crazy car game uh, for for a few years. Then now now Demon it's time. was like all the talk, and then two years later, it's like, oh yeah, Demon, fuck that. <laughs> Man, you ha- you hardly hear anything about the Demons anymore. It's like they're still cool. I'd I'd totally own one. Yeah, they're cool, but and I think Dodge did great with like the retro look, the retro styling to them. It, they're they have to be one of the best looking cars on the market. Oh yeah, but yeah. they are boats, but they they do have that classic yeah. look to them. After I, yeah, I rode in a eight speed Hemi five seven car the other day. I gotta say, I really like. I'm gonna stop clowning on Dodges so much. They, they ain't that bad. Well, my only thing about the Dodges is I'm not a I'm not gonna hate on the car itself. But I just cannot stand most of the owners, man. They're so <laughs> cocky and arrogant. They're always full throttle, and at an intersection, you know they're gonna slide. Oh yeah. And they just, they just give you that like, 
I drive a Mustang. We're all friends. You drive Camaros. We might pick on each other, but at the end of the day, we all respect each other's cars. And they just give you that that vibe of I'm better than you. I have a Charger or I have a Challenger. You yeah. know, especially the SRT8 guys, man. Dude, I ain't taking oh no Lord. crap off no Charger. I don't care if he's faster than me. You're driving a sedan. I don't want to hear it. You look like a cop. You know, I ain't taking no crap off no Charger ever. I don't care how much faster you are than me. I do not have any respect for... I, I don't... I mean, the G8s are all right. I, you know, I ain't going to hate on too much. I just hate four-door sports cars, dude. Well, I, the only, the only four-door sports car that gets a pass for me is the CTSV and CTSV wagon. And I just... That's just my pass. That's my personal opinion. That's my hot take. But I hate four-door sports cars. That's Chevy SS. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The car that gives it, the four-door sports car that get the pass for me are, like you said, the CTSV, I completely agree on you, and the Chevy SS. The Chevy SS, I love them. Yeah, and I, Caprice. I'll give the Caprice a pass, too. I take Jordan's word for how comfy they are as a ride. That's, that's what I'm going to give them, because Jordan said they're about the most comfortable thing you'll ever ride in. Better than the CTSV, bro. I've never rode in one. I've never even sat in one, but I just love the way they look, and I love. I just think they have that aggressive, like they have an aggressive but docile look. So it's kind of yeah. sleeperish. If people, so if I come up to somebody and they didn't know what it was, they'd be like, "Oh, that thing's probably slow. So let's try to, you know, roll up on a Mopar boy or something like that." And they're like, oh, "I don't really know what this is, but it looks, it looks like a average." commuter car he's probably slow and come out and just gap the shit out of him have you seen the uh the dale earnhardt uh, intimidator packages there's not very many of them but i've seen one on marketplace and i was like dang that is super cool i think i have to be honest i'll have to look it up just oh it looks so cool it's like off. looks like his nascar it's like so cool oh yeah know. i've seen it i've seen it like black and red and it's got like the intimidator on the like trunk like bottom of the trunk it looks super cool that's dope yeah man. i think it's got the intimidator on the dash too it's like whew. rednecks man, salute man i knew somebody that i worked with he's retired now but he had a, a special edition toolbox from snap on and it was the i've it, seen it that. was painted up like yep dude oh, those are God, so expensive so too cool. yeah those yeah. are some of the coolest, like, the Dale Earnhardt stuff's so cool, dude. Well, one guy had it at my uh, last job, and I, I thought it was just stickers and stuff and, like, paint matched, and uh, he was like, no, nah. he said, this is, like, from, from Snap-on. Like, this is how they're made. I'm like, dude, that is so cool. Oh, yeah, but I just can't. Even being a technician, I cannot pay Snap-on prices. I cannot do it. <laughs> Tyler, are you one of those people that hears the Snap-on truck pull up and you're, like, a kid to the ice cream truck? No, no. I'll be honest like, with you. With Mac and Matco, I'm I'm that way. I got, <laughs> I've got a couple of things from Mac and Matco. I like my, I like them. I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I go and visit Jordan's shop, I see him using those electric ratchets. I'm like, man, I'm about to drop some money. Ones, dude. They the look snap so ones nice. in Milwaukee's are my favorite. I'm an old fashioned. Oh yeah, when it comes to electrical tools like that snap on all the way like there's some tools that you can't replace with like if i need a electric torque wrench or something like that there's 
I'm going to snap on. That's just there. That's a good quality, and it's got a warranty on it. You I've know? heard that. I've had mine for like five years now, maybe six or seven. It's been a while. I mean, Snap-on is one of those things where you you might pay a lot of money, but you're paying you're paying for a quality tool that you're gonna keep for a long time. I yeah, mean, if I say you buy only one Snap-on tool, it'd be their three eighths or half inch torque wrench. Yeah, all the way. You just like them beeping, flashing lights, don't you? Real simple. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you flat rate, it's nice to hit a button and it just yeah. automatically beeps for you. Dude, it, because you're so. What's it like getting being so... on flat rate, dude? That's got to be like. Oh a... yeah, I think most people don't even realize mechanics are flat rate. Like to you're getting paid the by range. the job, man. That's like that's rough. Like if I if I was paid nah, by the project, you want it, bro. God, dude. I've been getting some you long know... projects of work. If I was getting paid by the project, I'd be I'd be eating some ramen noodles the next few weeks. To be honest, man, it's really not as bad as what people make it out to be um it's really now when you're in a learning experience type deal you're gonna lose yeah, your that's, ass that's part of it uh, i mean and warranty work that's what gets you mostly warranty work is awful really like, why is that get, it just pays that, less because, like it's yeah ford motor company don't actually want to pay you for they don't the pay you what other like like, you know, oh. you use all that or something, it'll tell you a time. Yeah. Dealers don't go by that. They have their own set times. Like, or, uh, not dealers, but Ford, Chevy, all the developers. So do you think also the price has to do with uh, with the warranty? It's not coming directly out of the customer's pocket. They're having to be covered by Ford, like the manufacturer. Is that, does that also have a, something to do with it? Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Ford just don't. Ford, Chevy, all the warranty companies just don't want to come out of pocket for yeah. that. And the dealer work. doesn't make much money off warranty work. No. And luckily there is some things that you get good at and it's just second nature to you so you can actually make or beat the warranty time. I, I got an example. You already know. Yeah, your door latches. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You're real quick at doing those, Jordan. Oh yeah, they pay like two and a half hours. You give me thirty, forty-five minutes, and we'll be done. <laughs> Dang, dude, down to a science. I, I ain't done. I didn't even do them for like a year or two when I worked where I do now. And then we had a car from our ex-business partner. He wanted us to mess with it, and it had door latches bad, so I put door latches in it. Nice. I can't escape from them. So how how does the uh, flat rate work? Does that do they like have like a bulletin board? They post jobs that need to get done on, and you just whoever's free. Like how does that system work? So it's supposed to go off of like so me. I'm supposed to, like you got lube text and you got text, and then you got and master, master text. tech. So like I'm a line tech. I'm not a master tech. I'm above a lube tech. So with me. The way it's supposed to go is tickets based on your experience level goes to you. But the way our dealership works is everybody does a little bit of everything other than lube techs. Lube techs, they change oil, do recalls. Um, recalls. So, like, for me, 
I do anything from transmission to engine to just doing oil changes if they're backed up. So it's like, it's really, like I said, it's really not that bad. As long as you got a work ethic and you can kind of just work through the problems yeah, and stuff if like you're, that. If you're wanting to learn, I, you just got to have a good attitude, man. Yeah, that's All day. That, that's another thing. I mean, not even to deal with cars, just in the workforce in general. Like, I feel like a lot of people, if they were paid by the job, like, man, there'd, there'd be some people that actually build a good, decent work ethics. I mean, just speaking from me being Absolutely. in the machining trade, man, there's especially whenever you're like having to work as a department or as a team, there's a lot of people that just like, they don't pull their weight and it don't get noticed yeah. because there's people pulling extra weight because, you know, they you got those overachievers and stuff. And that's kind of what's good about being a flattery mechanic is... You're not penalized by other people, you know. It's all on you. Exactly. And uh, my work, also, I don't even feel like I, I'm my own boss, pretty much. Aside from what comes in, you know, like it's real laid back. Yeah, that's why Honestly, I'm glad I got in the position I got in. Whenever I went back to my the job I'm at now, because like I'm I'm really just doing fabrication work where I'm at now. So it's like I'm I am the guy who sets up the job. I'm the guy that finishes the job. I don't have to worry about a middleman. It's just the project is me. I know yeah, that my name's on it. Yeah, I know how that is. Honestly, being flat rate is... I like it personally because you, if you are broke and if you make a bad paycheck, you only have yourself to blame at that point. Let's just be real here. And that's a good motivator. You know, you ain't getting paid and you got bills. Yeah, at the end of the day, a flat rate tech is how much money you make is based on how hard you want to work. So if I go, if I come home with eight hundred bucks to for two weeks, that was on me. That's that's on me, because as a flat rate tech, it don't matter how long it takes you, you still get paid the same hour rate. So if I got a job that pays ten hours and I get it done in five. I can be working on something else and still be still got paid 10 hours on this job. So you have the I, example, I work set 8 to 5, 7.30 to 8 to 5. And there's been some week, there's been some days that, of course, you can't help it when business is dead or something like that. But there's been days that I've pulled 15-hour days in that 8 to 5 time frame. Yeah, I mean, you can easily so double your hours. I, yeah. You have the potential to double your hours, and, like, I brought in 113-hour paychecks and worked, 50, like, you know. So it's really not it's not that bad you you are the in control of your own paycheck at that point you look at yourself like a private contractor oh yeah i guess that is a way of thinking about it that makes sense the only thing that you can't control is shitty service riders and just like stupid complaints like that are oh like, that that is it's for complaints of a vibe or noise it's like they got a water bottle in their back <laughs> that is something i want to get into let's throw it to a quick break and then we'll get right back into it oh. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Dubby, the energy blend that is waging war on big energy. Guys, if you're one of those people like me that goes into a gas station and spends three, four, five dollars on an energy drink just to get you through the day, you have to check out this product. With their tubs containing 30 servings, it's going to save you so much money in the long run. And if you don't want to ball out and buy a tub right off the bat, you should definitely check out their starter pack. It comes with a shaker cup. The starter pack is going to come with two flavors, their Dragonade and also their Beach and Peach. Two f- amazing flavors. I really love the Beach and Peach and let me just tell you, I'm not a big peach guy, but it was it was really, really good. And they have a lot of cool, interesting flavors on their website, but a lot of them are under pre-order right now. So the sooner you get on that pre-order list, the sooner you're going to receive your product. Guys, head on over to w.gg and go check out some of their product. Any, time, any purchase you make on the website, use coupon code HEALTHBARS10. That's going to give you 10% off. And that's going to not only help the show, but it's also going to show Dubby that we're going to be a good partner to work with. Guys, I urge you, go check out their products. Go check out that starter pack. It's it's going to be it's going to be a great thing to invest in, especially, like I said, if you're one of those guys that's cranking down those energy drinks like myself. Again, guys, go to W.GG and use code HEALTHBARS10. And we're back. Okay, so we were just getting into uh, what the customers are kind of like whenever you're dealing with these uh, dealership issues. Well, you know, what what are some nightmares that happen at uh, a Ford dealership with, you know, customer complaints and uh, anything like that of that nature? Rattle. Noise complaint. Because, honestly, it can be the slightest thing. And, like, if you got a... Say you got a Lincoln, people just went and paid a lot of money for it, so they're going to expect every little thing to be perfect. But if you have a rattle and it is the slightest noise that you can't hear, you're going to have to you you have to trace it, and you might get lucky and have the customer actually right uh, like drive and point out the rattle noise that they're hearing. Because it will be at the most random times. Like, I've had people complaining of vibrations and noises at such and such speeds, and I've never heard them. And then I get out there and drive, and they're like, point this out. And I'm like, okay, so that's normal road noise. That's the road noise of the tires. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah there's definitely been a lot of, like, tire road noise ones I can think of. That's got to be the biggest complaint is customers thinking that they know everything. You know, you're the mechanic. Well, it's like, why would you take it to the dealer if you can work on it, too? Oh, yeah, exactly. Or my biggest my biggest pet peeve ever is having a customer breathe down my shoulder while I'm trying to work or being rushed on it. Oh, they let day. that happen at dealerships? They actually let customers watch you? They can watch not, you. They're oh not supposed God. to, but you'll have customers that come out there, like kind of sneak out there pretty much and come to their vehicle and it's like, all right, dude, you got to leave. God. And I'll be honest with you, some of the customers that come in there are really cool. I'm not bashing on some of these customers because I've had multiple people that come in there and they are the chillest people you'll ever meet. Me. And then you just have some that is so <laughs> persistent. 
Yeah, dude, that's got to be, I even me, like, I'm not in that trade, but, God, I hate it whenever somebody, like, is just sitting there watching me work. Like, even me, like, having to train somebody, I just don't like being watched. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move slow. I'm going to, like, really be watching what I'm doing. I just can't stand somebody watching me. It makes me so nervous and just, like, I just hate it. It's, like, icky. It's an icky feeling to be watched while you're trying to do your job. Yeah, another good thing about being a good fly rate mechanic is... You know, you don't got to worry about looking for a job if something happens. It's There's always work somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. There, there was one one thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, uh, these parts, especially like in the last couple of years, getting a hold of parts has been like a pain. So like if you're in the middle of a job and you need a part and this part's like going to take forever to get there, you're already into that job. Do you just set that aside and start working on something else? Like what what's the yeah. process for that? Yeah. Um Sometimes you put four halfway together and push it out. Oh, my God. We do that at MCR. Yeah, but, like, Ford, like, they're trying to, like, crank them out. I mean, that's, like, the that's that's a big motor company. still got cars that'll wait, like, three, four months for fucking torque converter or something. I mean, I had to wait a while on my DOD, but, I mean, it just, like, you know, that's not an actual, like, dealership, dealership, like a name brand. You know, it's just, like, somebody that's contracted whatever. But yeah, that's something, too, you know, Jordan kind of got into, like, you, you start running into issues where, you know, maybe the, the parts person is like, you know, not paid the same and they're not in very much of a hurry and your flat rate and it's like, dude, <laughs> that's got to suck yeah. too. Like having somebody yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Like, no. Standing at the parts counter for 20 minutes while I'm sitting there waiting on this job. <laughs> and and it's getting mad at you it's like it's different. Get OSHA Another called thing. on you. Huh? Get OSHA called on you. Yeah, no joke. Have you ever had anything Another like thing. crazy happen like that, like an OSHA-related thing, or is that yeah. not... Really? That's what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were joking. Yeah. No, so we were having... I'm not going to name out any names, but we were having a truck come in and clean the drains out because they were going through an audit and the drains needed to be cleaned so this truck was in there cleaning the drains we have no control over him letting his truck run in the shop but his truck stunk up the shop and it had just this awful smell we dealt with it but one of somebody in a department went outside and completely disregarded their whole position. Just complained the whole time and they, they they let it go. They let her go. So she actually called OSHA and we had to go through a whole OSHA process and everything else. Oh my God. Or the when COVID hit, when we were still working and everything else, COVID hit they were so strict on us. It uh, was awful. I don't know about you guys, but for us too, like in factories, like if OSHA gets called and they do their whole thing, like you're on pins and needles for like the next few weeks because you know OSHA's going to have their eyes on you for a little while, like making sure you ain't doing something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in like, like in you, the factory setting, dude, we'd be violating some OSHA guidelines for sure to get stuff done quick. I know y'all are probably the exact same way. Oh, oh yeah like but what is ocean? like <laughs> man you get 
with the OSHA violations of a shop, if you have a rag in the floor, it don't matter if you laid it down in the floor for just a second. If it's in the floor, you're getting fined. And God. I think they're fining like $5,000 a rag. Yeah, I I knew OSHA was like had some crazy rules, but at my last job where I dealt with like robots and robot sales and stuff, uh, my coworkers like, dude, you can't you can't be going in the robot cell without the uh, the gate key in your pocket or on your purse. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, you know, we we always just leave it in the actual like key holder. And he's like, no, he said, dude, they'll give you an insane fine for being in that robot cell without uh without having that key on your person because like that's you know you're risking your life technically by being in there without that key, a dead man key. It's crazy, dude. OSHA, like, OSHA ruin your life. You're not watching. Oh, yeah. OSHA can make or break anything. They could come in and shut anything down if they wanted to. My whole life could be changed right now by one OSHA call. For real, dude. Like, $50,000 fine, you're done. Especially us being young. Like, that's, that's like, almost, that's like a year's pay for me. That's my salary. I handle a $50,000 fine very well. that, That hurt. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd go ahead and, you know, cry and go to McDonald's and work. I'll <laughs> yeah. bankruptcy real quick. Yeah, I mean, you'd almost have to. That'd be the only logical thing to do. Yeah, yeah because after, if you get fired for something like that, you're pretty well blacklisted for dealerships. Oh really? Is that yeah. is that how that works? Like, I mean, I know you said you're kind of like a contractor. I mean, do they really keep up with stuff like that when hiring somebody? Oh yeah, word of mouth is pretty far. Like, yeah, like he said, they keep up with that stuff on point. Well, you think about it, man. I've got I've got family, and I, there's other people that I work with that have family in the other dealerships as technicians. So if if I'm coming from Ford and, you know, your managers are going to ask you, hey, do you know this guy? I know you have family that works there. And whoever's there, like, whoever's coming from there, if we say something bad, like, if we tell them why he got fired or something like that, game over. Game over. That's just like a situation that we had not too long ago. Like this guy cannot get a job at any dealership. Like I'm talking, I'm talking like getting his getting his uh, hire date revoked. Dang, getting his start date revoked. Like, actually blacklisted. That's that's messed up. Yeah, uh, well, this dude deserved it though. He really did. And there does come to a point where you're kind of a liability of the workplace too. So I kind of understand uh, having to have to have to have to do that. Well, not only the workplace, but like other the people in the workplace. Yeah, man, yeah. that's something that's overlooked now. Is like, uh, you you got to have like a good work environment with people actually get along with each other, and you know, like, oh of, yeah, exactly. That's like you and spend most of your life, or at least an extremely good chunk mm-hmm. at your work. You know, especially if you yeah, work twelve hour shifts. Good, so you can't be just like pissed off all the time. You'll never get nothing done. That's no. That's exactly. one of the main reasons I left my place. I went. I went and tried. You know, working in a in a different town for like you know probably during the summer and some during the fall and beginning of winter. And I'm just like, man, I just ain't feeling this group of people. And you know, it was a great job. I was going to learn a lot there. It was just like, man, I I can't imagine myself being around this group of people. Like my last job, it felt like family. You know, I really loved being there just because of the people and, and just that that matters so much, man. Yeah, that's why. Sure. 
that's why I went back to Ford after I left the first time. Yeah, I mean, not hoping nothing bad happens in my work, but if something does happen, that's straight where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Just that, That's why it's good to always leave a workplace on a good notice. You never know. Man, it might be the worst job ever, but you might not realize that it, it wasn't as bad as you thought. You leave and go somewhere else yeah. and find out it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have burned that bridge. Um, it's hard for me to just leave on good terms. You know, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. I, yeah, because when you're leaving, like, at our dealership, when you leave, it's an emotional time because you got so acquainted with everybody around you. They're all like family to you. Uh, I mean, yeah. legit. We we all have bonds from, like, me and Jordan, we didn't know each other from anything before we started working together, and now we're like brothers. Right. You know, so, and I know a bunch of people that I hang with, hang out with outside of work and everything else that are like family. Yeah, for sure. It makes the day go Everyone, by so much faster, I too. I know, it's like one of my main friends. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you, you start working around somebody and really spending that much time with them. I mean, it, it makes the day go by and, you know, it builds and it builds like trust and stuff. Like, you know, I've I've got a job going on tonight and like I was like, man, I'm glad I have a guy on night shift that I trust. And, you know, I've worked around before because he could like make or break that job for me. But, I you know, I trust him and I know he's going to do me right, you know. Yeah, that's exactly. what I like about dealership. You know, we, all of you get packed in, go to lunch together, have a good time. Get back kicking. Exactly. And plus, even though we're all flat rate, it kind of works in everybody's favor, too, because even though we're flat rate and if we help somebody, we're stopping the job that we're on to go help this person. It's like a you it's like a I scratch your back, you scratch mine type situation. So say somebody comes over there and is like, hey, Tyler, I really need your help. Uh, Can you get this for me? yeah sure let me go help you with this and then next day i have a concern that i can't figure out and i'll be like hey can you come ride with me just to see if you hear it because it's always better to have another set of ears or another set of eyes on something if you can't figure it out i learned a lot just by you know when i was a loop tech hanging around techs and just you know when i wouldn't have any jobs like in the winter you know just being around the other techs and trying to learn from them while watching them work because you know if you hang around another tech who's more knowledge than you and he doesn't mind it it's awesome oh yeah you ask questions constantly yeah. in the field I hanging around field. Ed for forever while I was like take it forward you and me both you ask questions constantly <laughs> when you're a technician like my first engine job, job as a technician was a long block 2.0 EcoBoost, so you have to drop engine and transmission and subframe all together. I didn't know. I went off the book, but you learn over time that this book is not going to tell you everything. It's going to help yeah. you. It's going to point you in a direction, and you can keep going that direction, but there's going to be stuff that's different. And you go over to the next guy and be like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. And he can come over there and be like, oh, you need to do this and this. And there you go. You figured it out. And after my first engine, I've done countless other ones to, and gotten better at it. You know, it's a learning experience. You never stop learning in our fields. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think I, I've learned much at 
MCR, and then like my, on my first my first week there, I subframe dropped to C five. I had no one help me. I did it in a day. I didn't think I'd ever be able to do nothing like that, but I'd learned so much at Ford. I was like, wow, I guess I'm harder than I thought. Yeah, an old old exactly. machinist told me the the minute which this guy has been machining like 40 50 years like he did in the military and he told me something really stuck with me the minute you start thinking that you know everything is the minute you're never going to learn anything else and that's i mean that's so true yeah i remember exactly. Bruce, uh, he told me something i can't remember to be he's like you know the more i thought i learned getting older the more i realized i didn't know nothing at all yeah exactly you know, whenever I have a nine-year-old guy that's been machining like longer than my parents have been alive, and he said that he's still learning stuff, man, that that put a lot of stuff in perspective. Like that really shows you can. I mean, there probably is technically a way to master your trade, but is there really? You know, there's always going to be something new come up. There's always going to be something different. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially with the advancements in technology. Oh yeah, that too for sure. So you, yeah, you mentioned my... back in the forties were thinking, yeah, these new small blocks, <laughs> these V eights, man. I don't see how we're gonna get better than that. <laughs> you mentioned master techs. I'm I'm sitting here wondering what what uh, qualifications is a master tech? Like, what jobs are they tackling? If you're tackling, you know, motor and transmission issues, like, how how much bigger does it get than that? A lot of like big diag shit. Well, I, yeah, that and stuff that if I can't figure it out, like a lot of wiring stuff, a lot of electrical stuff. Yeah, I can see where that can get really old and get get to be a headache. Like, yeah, like modules that are doing some things but not doing others. Like it, it can get real complicated real fast, something not communicating like it should. Oh, yeah, because you think there's so much wiring and there's modules on top of modules. There's modules for modules, you know. So, and then you got Bruce, which is a senior master tech, and he rebuilds transmissions for warranty. God. Yeah. He, can, he can sit there and have a trans out and rebuild in no time and make it look so Yeah. Simple. That's a dying um, breed too, man. Like I, I've heard some people like say, "Man, if you need an, if you need your transmission rebuilt, you might as well just buy a new one." Like every, even like the our local guy that you know, I don't know how local he really is, but he he rebuilds our transmissions, or he he rebuilt my uh, Ram one, and he don't even do it no more. Like it's hard to find somebody else full with a transmission anymore. It really is. Usually, it's just an R and R, a remove and replace deal, yeah. but. There's a lot of times where, like, there's a lot of times in different situations, like in warranty company and warranty fields, they want you to find the part of failure. So if that means you have to strip that whole thing down, you strip that whole thing down and you find that part of failure. Like, I have uh, I have a 2019 F-150 with the Gen 3 Coyote, and... 2019 Gen 3 Coyotes and the F-150s have an oil consumption concern because of a coating that they coated, they used to coat the cylinder walls, and it doesn't allow the rings to seat. Most people don't know that. That's like the worst year of the Coyote F-150s is the 19 model. And uh, 
I told they had an aftermarket warranty company, which aftermarket warranty companies are it's different. It's not like Ford warranties, so you get you get paid better for it and stuff like that. But they they send inspector after inspector to come out there. I have found there was metal in the oil. Like I'm talking about this truck sound like a tractor going down the road. And I pulled up I saved the oil and everything, and it was like a glitter fest. It, it was, it looked like metallic paint. <laughs> and uh, this warranty company comes down there, and he's like, "Yeah, that's that's metal. Let me take pictures real quick." Took pictures, and I get, uh, we get a call the next day saying, "All right, well, we saw that there's metal in the oil." but we need more uh, we need more proof that it needs an engine what? like what what proof what other proof do you want <laughs> and they're like we need to figure out the cause of failure I'm like alright so they made me strip that to a bare block they, I stripped that coyote down to a bare block just to find point of failure Wow. There's already there's two points of failure. I mean, the first one and then what happened after the first. Yeah, well, honestly, the point of failure was just the old consumption concern and then never never actually addressing the concern and he just kept driving and never checked the oil or mm-hmm. anything and it ran it ran dry. I mean it's a it was a eight quart motor and it only had two and a half quarts in it. <laughs> So, God, dude, how, how how often do you see that? Just people not putting oil in their vehicles. Man, <laughs> you you will never believe the amount of lack of maintenance can <laughs> like stuff that could have been easily permit prevented with maintenance. Like I'm talking about pulling valve covers off, and the sludge is in the form of a valve cover. You know, <laughs> it's like. Uh, well, I didn't change it in such and such miles, but I didn't think it would hurt it. It's like, well, <laughs> no, it did. <laughs> the amount of diesels that don't have gas in them. Yes, or uh, they'll end up putting their diesel, the death fluid, which is the diesel yeah, exhaust too. fluid in, to the wrong hole. And it's like, I don't understand how you can do that because it's two totally different sized holes. Yeah. And you One know where that's Huh? Like if you're filling the truck up, you're probably gonna fill it up with gas before you fill it up with gas. So I mean, you should know where the gas goes. Yeah. God. I, that, that seems so hard to believe. Somebody just how many people could be yeah. coming through there without putting like just it's just like, simply putting gas in a diesel engine like that in a diesel truck. Like how many yeah, times like do you if feel you don't up? know where it goes, just Google it. Like why <laughs> would you not just make sure? Oh, and another thing. Another thing that I've seen countless of numbers of times because of gas prices is people putting E85 in non-flex fuel vehicles. <laughs> My God. Somebody and, just pull up to the gas pump, see it's cheaper, and throw it in there. God. Yeah, don't even don't even pay attention to it. Is your fuel... I think gas pumps, I, the ones I go to, which there's only two in our area... It ha- when you pick up that E85 pump, you have to f- confirm that your vehicle is a flex fuel vehicle on the screen before it will let you pump. God, 
Yeah. The the hurdles we have to create for stupid people. Dude. Somebody just pull up there and be like, oh, this must be the off-brand gas. It's a little cheaper. <laughs> yeah, and boom, you need an engine. Yeah. You just burnt a hole through your piston. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I gotta, I gotta ask you something because you brought this up a few times now. You keep referring to somebody hearing a water bottle rolling around in their vehicle. Has that actually happened, or is that just your go-to yes, thing? Yes, yes. No way. I had that happen to me. A water bottle rolling around, and they thought it was engine sounds. Yeah, it's a good point. No, he's like, oh, I think I got something loose, dude. Or uh, the crazy, one of the funniest ones is the they heard a rattle going down the road. And I looked behind me, and they didn't—they didn't have the car seat buckled up. Oh, the car seat was rattling against the door. Oh my god! Remember that F three fifty? Jared found that gay porn magazine. In? Oh my god! Yes. Did he swear and it wasn't then, his? Uh, it was a work truck. It was a construction truck. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I swear. Truck, man. You find some of the most off-the-wall shit ever. Man, I I found a whole, like, pound of weed in a glove box God. looking for a lug nut key. We had one guy, we, he, he dropped off a 57 Bel Air. Had, like, 10 grand in the fucking center console. Just like, <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. God. Oh, you forget about that? I mean, even whenever I'm taking my, my car just to, like, have something like an old change done, I still make sure I got, like, everything put up, dude. You don't know with anybody nowadays. They'll steal your stuff. They'll be piffing around. Like, you don't know. I can't imagine somebody like, just yeah. leaving stuff out in the plane opens. <laughs> like, some well, I got a gun in my car, so I'll always lock it. Yeah. I yeah, keep my glove box I locked. I don't even keep nothing crazy in there other than just, like, you know, like, title. Well, I don't even think, I don't even keep my title in there. I just keep, like, insurance cards. I still no, keep I that locked. I keep my title in my car. Yeah, Dude, your car uh, burns down. Another, no title. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another funny thing that I've seen is so you know with the sync radios, it syncs up to your phone as soon as you start calling. <laughs> yeah, I see where this is going. Yes, yes. Um, and it's exactly what you think. Uh, you'll be sitting there and you'll turn the car on, and all you, all of a sudden, you start hearing porn play through. My through. God. Dude, or phone calls. What are these people or doing? Like, do they just like go yank it while they wait for your old to be their old to be changed? Yeah. Like, dude, that's wild. Dude, Remember that like, one guy that had sat on his girlfriend's lap? What in the oh world? Oh my god, the one that had the EcoBoost, the yeah. one liter EcoBoost Focus. He yes, chopped sir. his exhaust off at the freaking cat. Or no, he dropped. He chopped. Yeah, don't don't tell happen. me it was open header. Don't tell me that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my god! But it wouldn't run because it had no back pressure, and that one liter is not pushing. Like it needs that back pressure to run. Dude, oh it's a three cylinder EcoBoost. It's the equivalent to a Geo Metro three cylinder. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this for example. It's in the intake side, but we changed intakes on a C5 today, and it changed seven percent of the idle airflow. So you can imagine a whole exhaust not giving you any back pressure. How much that's going to change uh, the vacuum in your engine, like pulling the exhaust out. Seriously, and then he he wanted to claim that he didn't uh, 
he didn't cut the exhaust and all this trying to get it covered under warranty it's like bro the sawzall marks are right there <laughs> he, good. He, he got like halfway through and then went down oh my yeah. god at that job it wasn't me or you it was like anthony or steve wasn't it it was steve yeah i'll, I'll never forget that one bro God, dude, that car had to sound like a weed eater on full, full rip, like. Dude, the dealership life is so fun, because every tech has a shitbox, it seems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're always in the shop after hours working on their shitbox or something. <laughs> Just know. so they can get home. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, even after hours, half the techs are still fucking there, it seems. That's gotta be I a would... huge perk, though, like, having access to a lift, like, especially. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It is awesome. You got access to lift, tire machines. If you got extra brake fluid or something like that, you can bleed your brakes. If you find, like... How many LS parts I've stole? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not stole, but I'm just like, like, Matt, can I have this? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I've gotten an old pump, uh, supercharger for cheap. I mean, I've like got a free, a free engine block and crank, forge crank. Matt sure. wanted to give me those wheels, but I'm like, let me slide, let me let me slide you a fifty for him at least. Dude, you help out a small business owner, you'll get hooked up usually. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, I just like helping out Matt for the love of the game. Like it's my dream is to machine like uh, car parts and like any time I can I can like do that for somebody, dude, I'm all for it. You about to take them valve covers back. Oh yeah. By the Ooh. That sounds like fun. You've seen what I've been practicing on. Oh yeah, is that is that what you're building up to? No, it's already good. I'm just doing my stuff. Ah, uh, I get that. Tyler, I want to close this out by uh, seeing kind of where you want to go with your build, or if you anticipate continuing it, what you plan on doing with uh, with your race life. So, the plan with mine is pay it off, which I really don't have much left to pay off on it and boost it i just i haven't decided what route i want to go boost it yet because it's just what i can i want to do kind of a budget build in a way so i want to shoot for i want to shoot for seven because i'm still going to daily it i'm going to keep it as a daily and drive it and yeah um easy that's completely doable you can have stock exhaust to make some oh yeah and it's just so so the plan is either a whipple or turbo kit honestly i'm thinking about either a whipple or a single turbo what are you gonna mount turbos under hood or under car yeah under hood i'll really i like the one the trans that's but the only thing that yeah the only thing that you're going to run into when you do the uh, under like the bottom mount turbo set is like you kind of ruin your daily deal because you're going to have that open air filter and it's going to constantly suck in road grime and stuff like that so if i can put it up under the hood and just kind of just relocate my degas bottle and stuff like that it'll be single and be really well off so i mean a good size single and oil pump gears 
Yeah, like probably be dropping pistons. You probably get lag down to very little lag. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna keep it a stick shift car. Like I know that the autos are faster and everything else, but I just like rolling gears. I love my H pattern. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind building like somewhat of a drift car and have like uh have like six speed in it. That'd be so nice. Speaking of oh, yeah. drift car, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to say. Well, we got two forty at the shop. Ooh. Y'all knows whose it is, and we're getting kind of going on that build, and it's gonna be auto with maybe LT, maybe LS. They're same bolt pattern, bell housing, all that's same. So we ain't decided yet, but. We just ordered the transmission today. It's eight-speed Dodge. It's oh. not dual clutch, but it's super fast. I mean, they're almost like dual clutch. So it's gonna be pretty cool. I don't, I don't know what it's gonna make. Probably around. It's. I think we're wanting to boost it, but if it ain't boosted, it'll still be like five hundred. I can't wait to see that car done. I want to help, dude. We already got Haney fabricating some engine mounts. Ooh. Yes, sir. Dang, that's 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 some that's some big news. That's some good news. Yeah, I'd be. I'm excited because it might be like it's gonna be a little bit of a drift car thing. I, we might put a hydro in it. I'm thinking. Oh yeah. Maybe I don't know. He ain't said nothing about it, but I I feel like he wants to go drift car with it. But it's it's gonna be a daily. So. Yeah, well, a lot better than his current daily. <laughs> <laughs> hey it will never die okay that truck will never die that's kind of how i'm feeling with the dakota i'm not gonna lie dude nah i mean this truck might have been through three trans already but it won't die <laughs> that's me with the dakota's body like it's it's done been through like 10 fence posts like five trees <laughs> like afr might be like 16 to 17 to 1 when you know it, we got her lean but she get good gas mileage you know that's all that matters it's a daily that's more than I can say we might be pretty far above stoic but we're going (laughs) well Tyler it has been a pleasure to have you on and I really hope we can get you back on sometime it's been a blast talking to you and reminiscing on all all the Ford stories you have oh yeah I'll be back bud yeah, we could have like just one talking about wild loop techs are hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, or uh, talking about lunch breaks at Ford. Yeah, I could have like a whole mini series of that <laughs> all day. Awesome. Well, guys, we will catch you in the next one. Hey guys, just a quick thing before I close out. I just wanted to let you guys know if you've been following the podcast uh, closely, you'll notice that we did miss out on our launch of the mini series this week. Uh, we fully intend on trying to uh, do another launch this Tuesday. My allergies have just devastated me this week, and if you could still tell, I'm not completely fully over it. But uh, we do hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we love doing these interviews, and we actually have another one set up for next week. So we hope to see you guys there, and we really hope we'll get to see you uh, Tuesday in the mini series.